bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by just one panel member today. Daniel Friend, how's your week been? Yeah, not too bad, Bo. I'm going all right. Starting to get a little bit wet down here in New South Wales, and I understand you guys are probably experiencing the same. I literally uh, just got soaking wet walking 300 metres to the cinema. Um, So, uh, yes, you're not wrong. Uh, It's going to be raining all this week, all weekend, and then all next week up in this part of the world. And we've only just come out of a bit of um, flood damage a couple of months ago up in Brisbane. So, hopefully, that does not reoccur. Uh, But nice and and wet for Magic Round, which is going to be here this weekend. Uh, Round 10 will be all at Suncorp Stadium starting Friday and finishing on Sunday evening. And yeah, they, they might be playing water polo by by the time we get to the Tigers and the Cowboys on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I did see um, the last time it sort of flooded up there a little bit was the Suncorp Stadium was underwater, wasn't it? Well, that was well. I don't I don't know about the most recent one, but uh, what you're thinking of, I can remember that. That was oh, like 2011, 2012, maybe. Yeah, did that okay. feel that long ago yep. for you? Like it was. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely under, uh, for sure. So it's not that bad. Like the minor flooding won't get to it. So I don't think we're going to have any issues for magic round in that sense, but it will change the type of football that is played. Um, we both did okay with our tips last week. We got six out of eight. I've got to give credit to Owen. Uh, shout out to him. He got seven out of eight because he correctly tipped the Broncos to beat the Rabbitohs. No one tipped the, the Eels to beat the Panthers. Although I was tempted, as I mentioned last episode, I, I wish I went with that instinct. Um, my ball did come up. Uh, I had Adam Reynolds to score a try and assist another against his old team. He actually ended up with two try assists and a try. So, well done to him. A fantastic performance. And, Friendy, your ball prediction didn't come true, but that's because you tipped the Knights would not score a try against the Cowboys. And I guess, in a weird kind of way, you're kind of happy they, they did at least. Yeah, I couldn't lose, could I? So, <laughs> if I if they didn't score, I would have got my bold. And as they did score, I was a little bit happy for at least half the game anyway. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Uh, let's get into our wildcard awards. Friendy, what have you got for us this week? Uh, this week, Bo, my wildcard award is the Do It For Your Mate Award, and it goes to the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, I just want to say bravo to the Cronulla Sharks. That was absolutely outstanding on Sunday, Arvo. They were at one point down to 11 men uh, for the majority of the game. They were down to 12, and they, they dug deep, and Nico Hines' control uh, was outstanding. And, yeah, congratulations. It was fantastic. We do like to eat a little bit of humble pie around here, and I've, I've got to take a slice of that because last year when the Sharks made the decision to move Sean Johnson on, despite the fact that he had been in pretty reasonable touch um, playing as a kind of like a 5 eighth kind of role for the Sharks mm-hmm. most more often than not. Uh, I, I thought that was a strange decision. I thought he could have paired nicely with whoever they chose, with whether it be Moylan, whether it be Nico Hines, as it turned out. And uh, got to eat that humble pie because, yes, the Sharks were impressive, but the Warriors were severely unimpressive as well. And the uh, inability to to find the extra player, uh, apart from that one Dallin Tennessee-Lesniak try, that's a bit disappointing for the Warriors, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't believe that they couldn't... Oh, they, they weren't even really close to crossing the stripe when it was down to 11 men. And it just looks like they overthought everything and... 
um, produced nothing, basically. So, yeah, again, credit to the Sharks who were just everywhere, full of energy and, yeah, outstanding performance. You're not wrong there. Uh, my wildcard award this week is the What the Fuck Was That Award, and <laughs> a, <laughs> which goes to basically everything about the Viliami Kikau knock-on. Obviously, the, the terrible handling itself, the baffling lack of officiating from the touchies and the ref. Then the Panthers score, and then Thurston's ridiculous commentary at halftime. Now, I, I, don't get me wrong, I agree with what Jonathan Thurston was saying, but he's just, he hasn't really got a knack for the whole media thing. It was kind of cartoonish how bad it was. So, all yeah. while, there was a baffling 10 minutes for me. I, I like, what the fuck was that, man? Like, <laughs> can you believe they missed that stuff? No, I can't believe that in this day and age, in a professional sport. Uh, yeah. And the, the referee's been picked again. I think the touchy might have been dropped so yeah <laughs> well i saw that the the referee did have it was jared sutton wasn't it he had the uh yep. the, the the whistle to the mouth as as our friends uh and panthers fan dan lang pointed out to us he was a bit happy yep. about it. he didn't se- seem to care uh, a question uh without notice i suppose how do we fix this like obviously we're going to have human error occasionally but it was blatantly obvious that it was a knock-on and a bunker within 10 seconds would have been able to relay a message to the referee. But by that time, the next tackle had already been completed. Are you happy with the rules as they are where the bunker can't intervene, you know, once a play has been finished? Or would you like, in the case of like two or three plays later, literally, would you like to see the bunker be able to overrule something that happened a few plays ago? Yeah, I can't stand the bunker. I think it should only be used in try-scoring situations. It's basically the the video ref dressed up with a fancy name. I mean, that's all it is, really. They've just got HDTVs. Uh, it's still the same guys in there making the same calls. So for mine, I just think the referee and the touchies need to be better. Um, and I think it's fine to have an expectation to get calls like that correct. Uh, it's It was an absolute clangor. So, yeah, for mine... Even less bunker, to be honest, and just more. They just got to be better. The refs. That's that's the plain and simple. Last Wednesday, you tagged me in, in a video. Uh, it was an old Panasonic Cup quarterfinal in 1984, yeah. the Bulldogs and the combined Brisbane side, and uh, and it was fascinating viewing. I watched it again today, um, and obviously no bunker back then, no video ref, nothing like that. And some of the calls probably were wrong. And Steve Mortimer did blow up Deluxe at a touchy, which I think he got the right call, by the way. Um, And uh, combined Brisbane ends up winning that. It was very high intensity. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, obviously the the standard of football in terms of the ball movement was not fantastic. Two tries, wait, no, three tries for the entire game. Um, But I don't know, like it was kind of nice to see the referees just making a call. And and, yeah. and just right or wrong, just just jumping in straight away. Um, yep. Got to respect that. Yeah, I agree. And and that's their job. That's what they're there to do. So let them do their job. They're the elite ones in uh, in the country. So we should be trusting them. And I understand they they're going to get things wrong every now and again. But yeah, if they can be at their best for majority of the year, then that's all we're asking for. Someone that does have a, a tricky job, speaking of jobs, is going to be Brad Fittler and the New South Wales selection panel. Obviously, they're a couple of weeks away from naming the squad for game one. We're very, very confident now that Latrell Mitchell will be out. And there are some decisions to make about left center there that we can, we've talked about before, we can talk about again if we need to. But the one that I'm really, really interested in is Cam Murray. Now, he's 
he's suggested to be out for about three to four weeks with uh, with a neck shoulder situation for him. Now, this is a problem that Ken Murray's had before, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's something that you don't want to be too callous with. Um, and I guess my question to you is because uh, when we spoke earlier, I think it was last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the idea that, you no know, Isaiah Year is the lock and Ken Murray would play on an edge, probably the right edge for New South Wales. Yep. And Tarek Sims did the job on the left edge last year for New South Wales and did a pretty good job. Is Cam Murray good enough that if he does not play an NRL game before the teams are picked, that you'd still pick him? I think there's the potential to do that for someone like a Cam Murray, yes. Uh, however, whether Freddie wants to do that, I'm not so sure because there's been a few people where he, he hasn't opted to do that and he said they need to play some footy, but... Someone like Cam Murray, I reckon he could be an exception to the rule. Right. So, uh, so, assuming that he would be fit for game one, but not playing NRL in time before the teams are picked, you reckon still pick him and see how he goes with fitness, give him as much time as possible, uh, because that solves your right edge issue. Um, yep. Let's say that he's not available. And Tarek Sims is not in the best form. He's not even playing on an edge at the moment, actually. He's playing lock this week, which I find confusing. So, who are your edge back rowers for New South Wales, assuming that Cam Murray is unavailable? I'd be picking, uh, well, I guess it depends on the makeup of your bench. And I think if they are going to go with experience, Sims could be on that bench. I'm really not sure. And as we said, Freddie's got some headaches, so... I would pick Keon Kalamatangi on my bench and I would actually have Angus Crichton and Hamole Olakuatu as my starting back row. Right. So, uh, Olakuatu plays on the right side for Manly, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, you'd put Angus Crichton on the left, I'm assuming, and yep. Kalamatangi is also right edge for South. Yeah, he can play either, really, and he can play middle as well. So, he gives you that flexibility and I would see him coming on, oh, I would say, in the... 20, in between the 20th and 30th minute for um, Olakuatu because I think Olakuatu might only have that one good stint at the start and then maybe 10 minutes later in the game. So it, it's a risk, but I think it might be a risk worth taking. Let me throw some names at you of people that have been there before or could be thereabouts. So Tarek Sims is one. So do you mm. think he's sort of slipping down the pecking order behind guys like Kolomitangi and Olakuatu? I think he is. I think the next person you're about to mention is probably Liam Martin, who yep. um, I think he'll probably get a bench spot or at least be in the squad as well. So he could be a, an option certainly too. Do you like the idea of... Because um, I've seen this get floated around and I'm, I'm not exactly in love with the idea, but guys that are really solid, steady middles, guys like Fanukin, guys like Jake Turbo, would you be tempted to plunk for experience and put them on an edge? No, I hate it. Yeah, I hate that idea. I like um, if someone like a Cam Murray or potentially someone like a Victor Radley, potentially they could do it. But um, the the leg speed of guys like a Fanukin or a Turbo or like a Jake Turbo, um, it's it's just not there. They, it's, yeah, that's not their position. They're pure, plain and simple middles. We've, you've also mentioned that you love uh, Josh Schuster. Now, you've mentioned that mm. you'd like him to play the utility role. I'm a bit worried that he hasn't played enough football, and he's unlikely to play this week as well. He's been named in the reserves, but unlikely to play. Uh, does that give you a, a few concerns about his chances of playing? 
yeah, well, he's not going to be there now, is he? You're not going to pick a debutant after an injury. Uh, and he's hardly played any footy. He is a bit of a heavier boy. I reckon he likes a good feed, Josh. Uh, so <laughs> um, even though he did carve up the other week when he, he came back from injury, he did look pretty gassed. And someone else that I... I would think would be in the running generally for those edge back row positions who also looks a little bit heavy at the moment is Wade Graham after mm-hmm. returning from injury. So I think those two guys are probably ruled out to be honest. Yeah. And like I look around the, the rest of the competition and I see a lot of like Queensland options. I see a lot of New Zealand options um, and I don't see a lot of inform New South Wales options in that position. So I think you do have to go with a debutant. I'm talking about, of course, uh, Kalomtangi, Olokawatu, both fantastic options. Uh, Tarek Sims could be in the running and it could be the thing that saves Angus Crichton. And with that in mind, I agree with you. I think if Cam Murray is likely to be fit, but hasn't played any NRL beforehand, I'm picking him personally. Um, because he's just, he's just that class. Uh, He's at that elite level where people are actually having a realistic discussion about whether Yeo or Murray is better. That just tells you how good Murray is, I think, <laughs> frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is Radley in the conversation? Um, I don't think so, Victor, at the moment. I, I think I heard someone speak the other day. Uh, it was one of the – it might have even been Joey or someone, and they were talking about um, Victor hasn't been passing enough and his ball playing hasn't been that good. I think Victor has been passing too much. Mm. I think he needs to take the ball – to the line and, and try and get through the line to actually create a little bit of doubt when he does pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think Victor will miss out, yeah. My, I've just got to go back to Miles Stedman last year. When Victor Radley was looking hot for a New South Wales uh, mm. debut and then he got himself suspended and Miles Stedman said, Victor Radley will never play for New South Wales. And yep. at the time, I thought he was an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, give me a slice of that humble pie. I reckon. I reckon he could be onto something. He's, he's definitely good enough, but he's uh, he's low in the pecking order at the moment. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. Um, speaking of New South Wales, obviously Pappenhausen's out as well. You didn't love the idea of him playing as a utility, and Schuster is probably unavailable. Do they need a utility? And if they do, is it Hines? It's, it could be Hines. Uh, as uh, Chris mentioned last week, you've got someone like a Jack Bird, if fit, he fills all roles. I think they're just going to play it safe and pick Jack Whiten. Now, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't pick Jack, and he's also been out last week and I think possibly this week as well. So mm-hmm. there's a few guys there that are really going to be underdone. Um, yeah, Nico's just been playing so well, but he's almost in that Pappenhausen mould where I really don't know how you get him on the field. Um, when it's if we have the ball and everything's going well, then that's great. But if we don't, you really need someone that can play as a middle forward or edge forward. So, uh, Jack Bird, he, he would probably go to the top of my pecking order. Yeah. What about someone that like they've used this before, even as recently as last year? A guy like uh, Appy Carriasau. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get him in there as a second dummy half. Can you know make a bunch of tackles in the middle, uh, add a bit of spark. Someone like a Cameron McInnes who can do both roles, like a like a yep. Ruben Cotter style. Yeah. Um, do you like that idea as well? I'd be much more tempted to pick a Cameron McInnes, uh, just because Appy Appy would go to dummy half, I'd assume, and and Cook would be that roving sort of player. Uh, but they're just they're very small, Appy and Damian Cook. 
um, both still good defenders in their own right. But if you have those two lining up next to each other in the middle of the field, same thing as I was saying about Pappenhausen, Mm -hmm. it's not that they can't make the tackles, but it's just the Queensland attack. They'll just create a quick play the ball from that, I have no doubt. And then Harry Grant, oh, goodness me, off and gone. Um, yeah, no thanks. Well, that's that's two players you don't want to give quick ball to, isn't it? Harry Grant and Cameron Munster. Uh, Absolutely. They're probably the two best at it, in fact, of playing over the advantage line with with uh, a quick play of the ball. So, uh, worrying times for New South Wales. I still think, as a Queensland fan, I still think New South Wales are definitely the favourites. There's no question. Of course you do. That. Of course you do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but... In saying that, I, I, I do think there are some headaches there. Um, a, a nice headache uh, for the Rabbitohs, though. They've just signed Cody Nikarima, a guy that's played, I think, about 15 test matches for New Zealand as a dummy half, as a halfback, as a, as a utility. Uh, he's lining up for them this weekend, actually. He's he's playing off the bench. Uh, they've got Lachlan Ilias, of course, at halfback. Um, Captain Cody Walker, while Cam Murray's away. Blake Taff is there or thereabouts as well. He's a fullback at the moment while Latrell's out. Cody Nicarima for the Rabbitohs, is that good business, do you think? I guess so. They're probably not going to have to pay much of his contract this year, are they? So, um, yeah, why not? I mean, he's, he's a little bit more back up there for them. They're already struggling sort of in the outside back. So, I mean, if you can put him in the as a cover for halves or fullback or something like that, I guess you can shuffle some other guys around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? I'm a bit confused um, from the Warriors' point of view that they've let him go. They 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 seem to be as as we as was demonstrated on the weekend. You know their inability to really nail a game plan, um, and you're letting go a guy. He's not the best game manager, Cody Nikarima, but he's a dangerous runner of the ball, which creates opportunities for people outside of him. He's played 15 tests for New Zealand. He's not inexperienced, and he's not super old. Um, I'm confused by that one for sure. Um, yeah, I'm confused a little bit by that as well, Bo. So what I think Nathan Brown is trying to do is um, it has to be a money decision for mine. So I reckon Cody's probably on a little bit too much money. Mm. He's probably on maybe halves sort of money. And realistically, in most good teams, he's a, he's a number 14, a bench utility. So mm-hmm. I think Brownie's made that decision purely off money. The problem is, though... He's let someone go that could contribute to some wins this year, and Brownie might not get to see out after this year. So, <laughs> I'm not too sure he's done the right thing there either. It's not. It's quite brave, and they are close enough, if good enough, the Warriors. So it would be um, it would be interesting. They've obviously invested very heavily in. Uh, in Sean Johnson, in Dejan Arcee, uh Chanel Harris to Vita, who's coming off contract at the end of this year, I believe. Um, and, of course, Reese Walsh, they want to impress him and keep him at the club as well. So they've got a few moving parts there. But, Cody, um, yeah, strange business from the Warriors. I think it's a good good move from the Rabbitohs. It was part of their uh, successful strategy last year with Benji Marshall, of course, having some good cover for if there is an injury. And if there isn't an injury, he can come on for 20 minutes and cause some havoc. And I think Benji did that really well, got them all the way to a grand final. So, um yep. Yeah, probably probably a good move for the Rabbitohs, I think. Let's talk about... We're not going to have phenomenal trivia this week. I know that we promised that you would write the questions, <laughs> uh, but everyone else has bailed on us. So, it's just you yeah. and me. I don't want to just take the easy win. I want to actually work for my win. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to keep that one for next week. Uh, and instead, let's talk about Magic Round, uh, which starts on Friday night at 6.05. Of course, all the games are from Suncorp Stadium. It is the Bulldogs and the Knights. Now, the Bulldogs have Chris Patolo coming in for Ava Siamanofanai. While the Knights welcome back 
Mitch Barnett, and of course, Adam Clune into their starting lineup. Friendy, how are you feeling about this one? I'm actually quietly confident, Bo. Uh, I think the boys can get the job done here. They welcome back a couple of players. Uh, Kalen, for mine, tried his butt off last week, which mm-hmm. doesn't normally happen. I'm wondering if it's anything to do with going back up to North Queensland and the crowd up there. But, um, yeah, I think we'll get the job done. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, do you think it'll be a close game, though? I do think so, just because of the weather. Mm. Um, I think points are yeah, going to be hard to come by on the weekend in, in just such torrential weather. So uh, I trust Kalen being the best player on the field to get us home. However, Matt Burton's kicking game could be a real yeah a real difference as well. So I guess we'll see. Especially in that weather. I, I, I'm, I too am going to go for the Knights. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest Mitch Barnett fan, but I will say this. He's a quality back rower and their season changed fucking very dramatically the moment he raised his elbow. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah. They, they, were, they were two and none, playing against the Panthers, competing well, and then he was just off, and then, what, the season derailed. So, uh, have they won since? They haven't. However, no. they have played... I was looking the other day, and they've played Penrith, Parramatta, Cronulla, Melbourne, um, Manly, uh, in that time. The, the only real loss... That was oh, and the Cowboys as well. So they're all teams that are in the top sort of six teams, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the only real loss that was was poor was the Dragons, and and we nearly snuck home in that. So I don't think it's as dire straits as people think. We've had up to eight nine players out in some games. So mm. yeah, I, I don't know. They're yeah, maybe not completely gone, but. Yeah, we'll see how we go. All right, so we're both back in the Knights there. The next game is at 8.05 p.m. It's the Seagulls and the Broncos. Strangely enough, it's a Seagulls home game, uh, which has Ola Kawatu returning for the Seagulls after being a late withdrawal last week. For the Broncos, Payne Haas and Kurt Capewell are returning. This, uh, at the start of the season, friendly, I wouldn't have said this would be a blockbuster, but this might be a ripper of a game. Yeah, I really wish it was dry to watch this game because I feel like it'd be sort of one of those, I don't know, 26-24, something like that. Really exciting, high scoring, lots of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, it's going to be torrential rain. So um, I will be tipping Manly uh, on the back of yeah their forwards and, and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, but again, Adam Reynolds, he could kick the Broncos to victory. So Yeah, it's very much like a... a, a much of a muchness, isn't it, in mm. terms of the kicking game? Um, the forward pack, jeez, oh, I, I, I might almost give that to the Broncos yep. on paper. Yep. Um, and then the back line I'd give to the Sea Eagles, particularly because of Tom Travojevic. So uh, I don't know, it could be really close. I too am going to go for Manly, but not with a lot of confidence. I haven't tipped with confidence for both of these first two games. Uh, it, it should be a beaut. Um, the next game is. Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock is the Warriors and the Rabbitohs. The Warriors are welcoming back Tohu Harris from his knee reconstruction. So, that's really, really awesome news for them. Uh, the Rabbitohs will be without Cam Murray, as we mentioned. Cody Walker will be captain. And Cody Nikarima makes his club debut. Friendy, how's this one going to go? Straight into it for Cody. Yeah, I've found this week of tipping super hard, Bo, especially with no home ground advantage for most of the sides. So, again, I'm going to go South Sydney. Uh, I think their forward pack maybe just gets the edge, but, yeah, tough one. Um, how about yourself? I 
pretty much the same. I'm going to go for the Rabbitohs. Yep. Um, if, if anything, it might be more of a home game for the Warriors. There's a huge New Zealand contingent mm. in Southeast Queensland. Uh, they're based at Redcliffe at the moment, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also am very, very big on Torhu Harris. I'm very, very big on him, but yep. coming back from an ACL, um, first game back, you can't expect miracles. Yeah. So I'm going to go for the Rabbitohs as well, but let's not underestimate the impact of a guy like Cam Murray. Uh, that's yep. That one could be a close one. This one I'm very curious about as well. It's the Titans and Dragons from 5.30 p.m. on the Saturday. The Titans have gone back to their plan A spine with Brimson back to 5.8 and Jaden Campbell at fullback. They've also finally dropped Kevin Proctor with Isaac Liu starting on an edge. The Dragons have the same 17 players, but they've done a, a few permutations. Uh, Jack Bird is starting in the on the edge uh, with Amone at 5.8. Tarek Sims, as I mentioned earlier, strangely playing lock when you could just put... Josh Maguire or Jack Bird there. Um, I'm a bit confused by that one. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I'm going to tip the Dragons, and it's only because I just I just think they're tougher. Um, I'm generally pretty reluctant to tip sides in a close game after playing, like the week after playing Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But I think this Dragon side is, yeah, they've uh, got the experienced guys in there. And yeah, I, I just think they're a bit tougher than the Titans are. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dragons as well. Uh, experience the key, Ben Hunt particularly. Um, looking forward to a big performance from him in front of his old home crowd. And the next game is actually a, a huge scheduling issue as far as I'm concerned. They're not playing this one on free-to-air as far as I know. Uh, Saturday night, it's the Storm and the Panthers. I can't believe they didn't put that one on on Friday night um, or at least Sunday. Anyway, uh, for the Storm, of course, we mentioned Pappenhausen's out. Nick Meany is the one to be chosen to be the fullback. Uh, a few little changes in the back line with Marion Seve and Dean Eremia coming in. For the Panthers, Scott Sorensen replaces Matt Eisenhuth on the bench for the Panthers, which will make all the Matt Eisenhuth heads very upset. <laughs> Friendy, how do you see this blockbuster going? This is a huge game, isn't it? And I guess weather has played a real big part in our tip so far, but particularly this game for me. Uh, I'll be tipping the Panthers mm-hmm. only because on the back of Nathan Cleary's kicking game, I think it's the best kicking game out there. And I do like Dylan Edwards and Brian Toto's sort of meter reading from the back. I do like them more than sort of a Xavier Coates and a, a Nick Meaney and guys like that. So Panthers mm-hmm. for me, but if it was a if it was a day game, I probably would have tipped Melbourne even without Pappenhausen, but in the wet, Penrith. Agreed. Um, I don't want to take undue credit here, so I'm going to reference the fact that I listened to uh, Phil Gould talk about this, and he, he was referencing kind of like last year's preliminary final where everybody's like, yeah, the Storm, they've been smashing everybody. Of course, they're going to win the preliminary final. Panthers don't have a chance. They played the extra game, etc., etc. But the Panthers were battle-hardened by their loss to the Rabbitohs and then their win against the Eels, and, and so it came to be. The Panthers just had a tight loss to the Eels and the Storm have been caning everybody. So it could be a history repeating itself. Uh, I think Phil Gould is much smarter than me at Rugby League. So I'm going to go with him and tip the Panthers as well. Uh, do you think there's any method to that madness? I like the fact that you're listening to, to Phil Gould. Lots of people don't. Um, but, yeah, I certainly do as well. I think he's a genius. Yeah, I, like, you know, a lot can be said about his personality and how abrasive he is and all that sort of stuff. And he does get on my goat a little bit. But the man knows his football. There's no question about it. And uh, any football fan would be wise to listen to what he says. Take it with a grain of salt sometimes with some of the opinions. But uh, a lot of it... Uh, 
especially the analysis. Yeah, you've got to give it to him. The Sharks and the Raiders, I'd be very curious to hear uh, his thoughts about this and even more curious to hear yours. It's from Sunday at 1.50pm, nice and hot on a Sunday afternoon. The rain will actually help that. A strange move for mine for the Sharks. They've moved Nico Hines, one of the form halfbacks in the comp, to fullback uh, for the suspended Will Kennedy. They're bringing Braden Trindle in to be the halfback. Uh, the Raiders will be without their, ca- their captain, Jared Croker. So Xavier Savage moves onto the bench. Now... As I mentioned, I think it's strange because you got your halves pairing of Hines and Moylan. I think it would be easier to plug a fullback in than move your halfback to fullback and plug a halfback in. So I'm curious to think, let's hear what you think about that. Yeah, well, they do have young Metcalf on the bench as well. So he can play halves, possibly fullback if needed. So I wonder if he's a late inclusion or not, to be honest. I don't think it's going to matter too much. I think the Sharks will get the Chockeys here and, and win pretty well. Philosophically speaking, do you like the idea of... Obviously, Hines is probably the best fullback in the club, um, mm. maybe even including Will Kennedy. So, do you like the idea of moving your halfback for, for not, a couple of games? Not really, no. Especially the way he's been playing. He's been playing majority of the ball at first receiver, really flat on the advantage line. So a lot of other teams tend to play with their lock at first receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the way Nico's been playing, I'd be keeping his hands on the ball as much as possible um, and, and as early as possible. So yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'd rather keep him at halfback, but I guess they're sort of just yeah shuffling the deck chairs a little bit here. And as I said, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think they'll beat Canberra convincingly. I agree with that 100%. Uh, another one that's uh, that could be interesting, I think, is the Roosters and Eels from 4.05pm. Mm. This one will be on Channel 9. Uh, Sam Verrills and Lindsay Collins are out for various reasons. Connor Watson and Daniel Saluka for Fida come in. The Eels are unchanged after their victory against the Panthers. They will be brimming with confidence. Can they get the job done against the Roosters? I think they can. I'm going to tip them, but geez, I smell an upset here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if the Roosters really turn up for this one. Um, they scored a few points last week, so they kind of broke the shackles a little bit uh, in terms of their attack. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be close, but I'll just tip Parramatta. I'm going to tip the Roosters, I think. Yep. Uh, and for that for that kind of reason you're talking about, I can smell something... Uh, Actually, I haven't showered for a while. It's probably just me. <laughs> uh, no, and I, I, I am high on the Roosters. I think they've got a, a wonderful roster. They've got world-class players in key positions, of course. The last time the Parramatta Eels took down a premiership heavyweight, they lost the next week to the Tigers. I'm pretty sure it was the next week. If it wasn't, it was like the week after. It was pretty close. Uh, and then they also lost catastrophically to the Cowboys not long after that to only beat the Panthers. Now, the Roosters are probably heavyweights once they click, so maybe they'll lift again. Um, but I just I smell something. I smell I smell yep. the Roosters. So, uh, like you, I, I, uh, I smell it. I'm going to be brave enough to tip it. That's the difference, I, like I suppose. It. Yeah, nice. Back it in. Let's go. Go, Bolt. Yep. And the last game is the Tigers and the Cowboys at 6.25 p.m. on Sunday. Luciano Lelua returns for the Tigers to play against his future club, while the Cowboys are unchanged. Cowboys have been riding high. Can they ride this Tiger friendy? I believe they can. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will win and win quite well. It's supposed to be dry by Sunday, so that's sort of the Sharks game onwards. And I think the Cowboys could run up a real score here. Yeah, I 
I was talking to a friend of mine who's also a Cowboys fan at indoor cricket last night, and uh, he's mm-hmm. he's quite smart, and he he's more worried about this game than he is about the Storm in a couple of weeks because yeah, okay. because the Storm will be heavily weakened by Origin, where yep. the Cowboys won't be as much. Um, mm-hmm. So that's in, that's an interesting take. Um, I am more worried about the storm, even if they are under strength, personally. But I am a little bit worried about the Tigers, just a little bit. They've they've beaten some good teams in the last month or so, um, and the Cowboys are a good team now. Apparently, that's surprised yeah. a few people. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to tip the Cowboys, of course, um, but. I don't think it'll be one of those runaway scores. And that leads to my bold prediction, in fact. My bold prediction this week is that the three Queensland clubs will score 50 points or less combined. So that's the Titans against the Dragons. I'm expecting the Dragons to win that one and the Titans not to score too many. Uh, that's the Seagulls and Broncos. I'm expecting the Seagulls to win and it be a low-scoring game. And then the Cowboys... I think they will get the win, but I don't reckon they'll get enough to to lift the three clubs above 50. So, that is my bold this week. What's yours? Mine is four dummy halves or more to score across the weekend. Uh, I just think generally you you, you might get a couple over Mm -hmm. the weekend, but I'll I'll go four um, just because points will be very hard to come by. I think you might get a few crashovers, and it does have to be the number nine. Uh, as in the, the starting hooker. Starting number nine, yep. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. I, I like that. And I, 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 I rate it in the wet weather, particularly a guy like, you know, Andrew McCulloch loves a loves a yep. dummy and scoot. Uh, Connor yep. Watson, I think, would be a threat uh, in that way. Reese Robson's dynamite out of dummy half. So, yeah, I, I rate that. I rate that. Um, Friendy, thank you so much for your time. We've, we've breezed through this episode. Um, do, you have any, sure. do you have any shout outs this week? Yeah, a little shout out to my mate Lawrence Leggy who uh, has continued to listen throughout the years. And uh, yeah, shout out to you, mate. Yeah, I remember shouting out Lawrence last year. Hope he's going well. Uh, he's from your he cricket is. club, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. I'm trying to catch up for him for um, for a beer, but uh, it's very hard. He's got a couple of kids, so yeah, shout out to you, Lawrence. Yeah, thanks for listening, Lawrence. Uh, I want to give a shout out to another podcast. Ooh, scary. Um, mm-hmm. I'm shouting out the Pick a Disc podcast. It's a it's a UK based podcast uh, where they basically get a, 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 a guest on to pick an album that they want to talk about, and you talk about it for an hour. So they got me on, and I talked about the South Park movie soundtrack from 1999 <laughs> for an hour and a half as it ended up being. And uh, as you can probably guess, there's a lot of quoting of very, very profane language. Um, <laughs> definitely has the explicit t- uh, box ticked on that one. Uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun, though. Uh, it's hosted by a guy named Matt Latham. And uh, I recommend checking out Pick a Disc, where you can uh, you know find an album you're familiar with and, and listen to someone talk about it with with reverence. So uh, that's my shout-out this week, Friendy. If you were if you were going to go on to a music podcast, do you have an album you'd plump for? Oh, probably East by Cold Chisel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so Australian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, either that or uh, Kick by In Excess. Yeah, one of the two. A 
Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.